0: All right, welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday at 1030 a.m. Eastern Time, previewing the NHL games for that night, giving our takeaways, best bets, player props, all of that. If you are looking for more of this kind of content, you can go over to our YouTube channel. That will be Edgework Hit, give us a subscribe click that little bell to give a turn on notifications so you get notified every time we go live as well as you can go over and find us on twitter at Show. No Moretto today. Uh, Matt and I were talking before we started. He's a he's a fake hockey guy. It's something else comes around, and all of a sudden he can't give his full focus to hockey anymore.
1: Yeah, it's not a coincidence that there's two World Cup games going on right now, and Moretto's <laughs> off. He also is working on his hockey to soccer uh, dictionary, where he translates all the words you would normally use in tweets for hockey games, and he translates them into soccer talk. So he's working on figure, you know, all these, you know adjectives and verbs that don't apply to anything other than soccer he's just working on his vocabulary so he can fire off some tweets today for the four games so god bless him
0: do you think he just has like a rolodex of tweets and he just plugs in like new team name it's new player a situation
1: for my <laughs> yeah. guy right you're just like so when, when did we ever say anything was bright but something all of a sudden <laughs> soccer players are running around and things are bright I'm like, well, what's bright? I don't understand. So whatever. He's going to have to teach me a little bit more on the uh, on the ways of the vocabulary.
0: All right. Enough soccer. This yeah, is the hockey show. So let's get into that. Uh, first thing I want to ask, so money. The Vancouver Canucks right now. I mean, we're talking two weeks ago about first coach fired markets. We're looking at Bruce Boudreaux. We've got people on this show saying, maybe not specific to this day, but people on the Edgework show saying, like, Bruce, that's the guy. He's gonna be gone. Now all of a sudden the Vancouver Canucks are turning around. They're actually playing well. I fear for you that they may end up in no man's land where it's just that position just outside the playoffs. You don't get a good draft pick. Bruce Boudreaux is still sitting there, like he's not in any kind of position where you're like, yeah, this guy did incredible or did terrible. What is happening with the Vancouver Canucks right
2: now? Honestly, I'm so confused, right? Like it's it's not as if like when they're getting their wins right now that that they're getting lucky or they're or or they're playing poorly they've actually turned it around even if you look at their their defensive metrics it's strong right now right so i don't even know where this came from it just it it just literally looks like a flip of the switch that they just decided as a group that they're going to play better defensively they're going to start scoring more goals and and i don't know where this is coming from now we've we've talked about like the the way that management has been talking about this team publicly and um and and i was saying that i do think that it funnels down into play this is one of those things like with the risk of going down narrative street too much here this is one of those things where you could kind of see the team looks like it may be galvanizing around a coach that most players on this team actually do like and whether fair or not, there was criticism of Bruce Boudreau by, by the management, and with that being funneled down at the team level, I do think that there is that there is a response there as well. And I mean, credit to them; they're playing well. This is these aren't lucky wins. Um, they're 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 well well deserving of these wins. Now, granted, you you have a San Jose game in there, you have a Buffalo game in there, but in a in a game they probably shouldn't have won, but yeah, I mean that that win streak uh, with uh, Colorado and Vegas in there. Like, give all the credit to them. I don't know what's going on. I I I, I can't answer why this has happened, but but it's there.
1: I'll tell you what happened. So many. Yeah. They're clearly watchers of edge work, and we lit a fire under this team. There you go. We talked about how maybe it's the players that need to be responsible for the defensive play once they take a lead. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned like, yeah, they're actually playing pretty well, but like if they had held on to, I don't know, half of the two goal leads that they had at the start of the season, we'd all have a kind of a different vibe about like how the first part of the season went, right? So like part of it is, yeah, and the metrics weren't necessarily great, but a lot of that was kind of things falling apart in the second halves of games. But it's interesting, like when a team is having such a weird outlier start of the season where they take these leads and then they give them right away and we start trying to evaluate... Whose fault is it, right? Is it JT Miller's fault? Is it, you know, the coach's fault, who obviously, you know, had some issues going into the season from a political internal standpoint. And then you go, okay, well, what about the goaltending? And we're starting to kind of remove a lot of the X factors. And it's possible looking back, and I hate to say it, but maybe it was kind of all Thatcher Demko's fault, right? Because once they actually started getting good goaltending play from the backup, who we didn't think we were going to see all that much this season, things started to turn around. And then the good news is like Thatcher Demko has, you know, this pedigree that he should be playing better. And so if he just gets it turned around, now we're having a conversation here. Now we're talking and maybe we don't end up, you know, going to overtime with San Jose or not necessarily, um, you know, blowing them out the way that, you know, in theory, the Canucks should, because when you talk about the Sharks and the Sabres, it's like, unfortunately in the standings right now, the Canucks are the Sharks and the Sabres right like there are no sort of easy wins on the schedule in theory now again they are a more talented team they should be better than what they've shown so far but again what they've shown so far is an ability to actually take leads and a lot of time in the NHL like that's more than half the battle they just haven't been able to hold those leads and now that they are it's like okay you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and we shouldn't really be all that surprised it was just things got really weird at the start of the season and again hopefully demco turns it around for them uh, yeah you the rest
2: you, of the way. You, you make a great point about the leads. It kind of reminds me of the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL, right? Like totally. how, how different would we be viewing these teams if they just held on to leads where uh, where a lot of those blown leads come down to like end game variants, right? So yeah, yeah I, I think I think that's a great point.
0: Uh, Matt, you said you had yourself an exciting night last night watching the the Oilers game. What went on there? Like this Oilers team for me, as I've been watching them throughout the course of the season, it's like it's a consistent story for me. Where it's they've got the heavy top end talent. They obviously lose Evander Kane. He's going to be out for an extended period of time. But then basically after that, there's a big drop off in that lineup. They're not getting as much support out of the lower lower guys in there. And then the goaltending hasn't been there. But they're going to continue to win games likely on the backs of McDavid and Dreisettle and they go in and they beat Florida Panthers last night. Talk to me about the Edmonton Oilers last night.
1: Well it's like the ghost of Mike Smith is still on the still on the team here when it comes to like <laughs> sketchy goaltending for the Oilers. Like what is it gonna take for them to get decent goaltending? But honestly less of what happened on the ice, which is obviously an electric factory scoring maybe the nicest four seconds left in the game goal in the history of hockey. Like normally it's a total scramble and there's like chaos happening in front and you know, there's a deflection or something like that puck got roofed to tie that game. That thing was a snipe job. And then of course, McDavid and dry in overtime. But honestly, my night last night was more interesting kind of before the game started. I bet two games last night, the Oilers were one of them with Barkov being out. My metrics sort of showed value on taking the Oilers. Now that's not exactly rocket science, Barkov out bet on other team like that's pretty you know not again not rocket science Uh, but more so the St. Louis and Dallas game where Ottinger was sort of scheduled some assumed to play uh, I bet the Blues because they were plus 120 something along those lines and then Ottinger is out with an illness but he was backing up so it was sort of like a half illness and then Wedgwood comes in I'm like okay we've really got something here a home underdog going up against anybody other than Jake Ottinger and then, of course, it's what a shutout through two periods and Dallas, who I don't know that they were necessarily the better team five on five. They they certainly didn't win the expected goal share at even strength. But I almost got shut out by Scott Wedgwood, which I believe is called a wedgie in the uh, NHL circles, <laughs> uh, NHL betting circles. So it was outside of the last four seconds of the Oilers and Panthers game last night. Basically, the entire night was terrible on the ice and then just got salvaged for one of the uh, more random one in one splits. Uh, in uh, in betting hockey betting history, all while I was sweating out the Pittsburgh Steelers, which those of you who follow me online <laughs> yeah. uh, saw me deep into the weeds on that one. Yeah, I see a comment here from Connor Hardy <laughs> saying Matt had some great tweets. <laughs> Thank about you, his Connor. game. <laughs> Thank so. you. That's that's called uh, yeah that's yeah that's called venting. is what that is. That's therapy. All right.
0: For tonight's games, we got a pretty good slate of uh, NHL hockey going on here. But let's start with a game that I know we have a head-to-head bet on. Todd, I'm going to start with you in the Colorado Winnipeg game. Colorado 12 six and one. They're third in the Central. They're sitting right behind Winnipeg in that Central division. Colorado's eight and ten in or eight and two in their last ten games. I mean, this Colorado team, they basically are what we thought they were coming into this season. I think that it's kind of expected of what what they're going to be capable of. But this Winnipeg team has been kind of for me, punching above their weight class a little bit. I think a lot of it is getting help from Connor Hellebuck, who's in the Vesna conversations at this point, if not leading it. Two point four three goals against average and a nine twenty-five save percentage on the season. How are you breaking down this uh this Winnipeg Colorado game here tonight?
3: Yeah, I'm on the avalanche minus one thirty. <clears throat> As you mentioned, uh they're in two over the last ten games, despite all the injuries, it hasn't really mattered. They're playing very well. Uh At 5-5, their high-danger chance share is over 53% in that span, which is one of the highest in the league. Uh, Alexander Georgiev has played lights out between the pipes. Uh, They have one of the best power plays in the league. Um, I think they're a little bit better at 5-5, even with injuries, than Winnipeg is. Um, As I mentioned, their power play is pretty much unmatched, so I see edges in both of those spots. Um, And the Avalanche closed minus 240. uh, Last time they played Winnipeg, it was in Colorado, but I don't think anything has switched where they should now be -130 on the road. I don't think Home Ice is worth that much and even though the Jets have been solid, I still think the Avalanche are clearly the better
1: team, so I'm on them.
0: And Matt, what is it that you're seeing to go on the opposite side of this one?
1: Honestly, it's just a numbers play. I was able to grab over +120. Uh, I'm not sure that's even available uh if you have the odds board up right now. Um I don't disagree with anything Todd said. He's hundred percent right in general. I don't really put all that much into power play on a one game, uh, you know, given basis. And, you know, yeah, I think Winnipeg is literally right now. I have them dead nuts. Even right now, they are a league average team at this point, which I don't think is all that, you know, sort of crazy to say, or out of expectation. Good. We're putting the odds up. I don't think we're going to, we have any plus one. to uh, Yeah. See, we're all sort of 19 sub- there. Yeah, okay. So 119 is the best there. That's probably, you know, I would have said plus 120 or more. So when it comes to sort of being on the opposite side, obviously, there's a pretty drastic numbers difference there. I grabbed 122. Todd said he's got minus 130. You know, I mean, we're looking at we're almost, you know, a juiceless type of a type of a bet here. Todd probably should have just... Uh, called me and I had a grabbed plus one thirty and he could grab minus one thirty and we wouldn't have we would have had to kick the sports books out of this um, except for <laughs> of course the score bet which everybody should totally use. Um, yeah, honestly, I mean he's right about Hallabuck, right? And he's always been the difference maker for these Jets teams. And honestly, most of the time when the Jets are better, as in like higher up in the standings, their five on five metrics are often a lot worse than kind of even par, if you will. So now that the fact that they're just kind of average from an even strength standpoint. Kind of makes me like him a little bit more because we know what we're getting from Connor Helbuck. He's one of the few goaltenders in the NHL that we know and we can expect and he can deliver really good goaltending because outside of him, you know, we could reel through the Shisterkins, Sorokins, and Vasilevskys of the world, but there's five to eight guys who you actually can believe in making a difference in this league as much as we try to, like, talk ourselves into starter versus backup with all these teams. A lot of these guys are negligible, especially in a one-game situation. So, yeah, at home... Todd's right about the market change as well. But honestly, if the Jets are still going to keep playing decent hockey here and they have the goaltender making up the difference here, they're certainly live as an underdog to win this game.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So money, there was a game that you were looking at here to the uh, Pittsburgh Carolina game. Now, Pittsburgh 11, 8, and 3, they They're fourth in the Metro. They did just lose to the Leafs to end a five-game winning streak. Uh, but before that, they're five game winning streak before that. And there are seven and three in their last 10. Now this is a team they're kind of going back and forth between some goaltenders. It can be fairly up and down, but as it's something that we've discussed, there hasn't been too much change or should be too much change between the guy who's starting or the guy who's backing up on a nightly basis between a lot of these teams. Now, Carolina, they did just end a five game losing streak uh they are three and seven in their last 10 they've got a bunch of guys injured i don't think this is really the carolina team that we're going to see kind of closer to playoff time in terms of uh their full roster and who they're running out there even freddie anderson's not being in net for them that much recently due to injuries who are you looking at in this pittsburgh carolina game here tonight
2: so I, I have a small play right now on Pittsburgh. Um, I'm just waiting for the morning, for the morning skates here to get the, to get the goaltending situation. I'm assuming that Carolina is going to go with Kachetkov. He's the, he's the better option right now. But um, again, I've said this many times, I don't trust any coach anymore. So I'm just, uh, I'm just waiting until I get that confirmation. Um, also Jari, i um, I'm projecting him. I I have lower confidence there. Um, now Carolina, we've talked about this before, right? They can, they can generate offensively in terms of chances, but they just can't put the puck in the net. Um, we're seeing that continue through the through, through the Calgary game as well. Um, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, I do. They did lose against uh, Toronto. I was on Pittsburgh, and um, I fully deserve to lose that bet. Um, they were they were completely out outclassed by a very good Leafs team. Um, I have some reservations about Pittsburgh because right now, even through their string of that winning streak where they had good overall play um, translating into good results um, there, they weren't against quality opponents. Right. So, and then when we saw them really step up in class against Toronto, um, we saw what happened. Right. So um, Carolina, is not at Toronto's level. Obviously, they are a better team, but until Carolina shows me that um, they can finish, um, which I think is going to come, um, I I am on Pittsburgh today. Um, Teravainen is traveling with the team. Um, I I d- highly doubt he gets in 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 tonight, but um, his status um, would be something to monitor because since he's traveling, it's uh, he he should be considered day to day.
0: So right now, uh, looking at the odds of this game, I'm not sure what you got at Pittsburgh right now. Currently sitting at minus around minus one fifteen for most part, around yeah average in the market. Is this something that would be worthy of playing there?
2: Yeah, yeah one well one one fifteen is fine.
0: All right, we will lock that in on the bet stamp account uh for edge work so if you want to track all the plays that are made monday through friday see our progress get notified in real time go over to the bet stamp app go into the marketplace and search up edge work where you'll be able to see all of our plays tracked in real time on this show todd there's another game here tonight it is pretty interesting to me and it's going to be another rematch kind of like a revenge game i guess where you can imagine that Certain guys will be pretty fired up for this one. Calgary, Florida game. Um, Calgary right now has not been good so far to get this season started. They have been struggling a lot. Some of that is because of Markstrom with an 889 save percentage, which that's a guy that you'd be hoping to be able to get back to what he was when Calgary first brought him in. And then some of it has just been some of these guys meshing. I know so money has been a big proponent about let's not panic on this Calgary team. They'll get things going, they'll get some of that chemistry back. But right now it's just not there. But they are facing again uh, up against the Florida team that almost in a similar boat. Haven't really got the goaltending from Bobrovsky, Spencer Knight's been good, but not incredible. And then they just haven't really been able to get some things done. What are you looking at in this Calgary-Florida game here tonight?
3: I, uh, I got the Flames yesterday at minus 135. That's not available now, but I would play them up to minus 150. Um, the Flames, as you mentioned, haven't really uh, found their footing on the season, but they have played pretty well at 5-5, five five, especially at home. Uh, their high-danger chance share uh, at home is over 54%. Uh, they're playing a Panthers team in a road back-to-back that's missing Barkov, one of the best two-way players in the league. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Spencer Knight played last night, so it should be Babovsky tonight. Uh, he has allowed 5.2 more goals than expected thus far, where Knight's plus 1.1. So that's a pretty big swing. I just think um, with the Panthers and a road back to back, uh, a little thinned out down the middle, uh, I think Calgary um, could cause them some problems tonight. And uh, this is a good spot for them.
1: I mentioned Barkov last night being out, sort of triggering a bet. Barkov being out in this game sort of makes more sense from a line perspective. And, you know, back to back, I would expect him to probably be out. So just for people who are kind of looking at this wondering, is he going to be out? Is he not going to be out? These prices, you know, Florida around plus 135, Calgary minus 150. If the market is along with me, where Barkov means about 4% implied win probability, then this line makes sense for that. Um, but yeah, so no bet for me is the point. Uh, if Barkov all of a sudden like showed up and, you know, they, he was perfectly healthy, you know, maybe there's a play on Florida at these prices, but I think they'd be adjusted relatively quickly if that were the case.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, last game we'll look at here tonight before we go into uh, Todd's Rolodex of player props, the Seattle Kraken LA Kings game. Seattle has been a very surprising team to start the season. And I mean, if you look into the storylines of the team, some of it will just jump out to you a little bit more. Martin Jones, he's the guy that's been kind of carrying the Seattle team so far. If you were to have told me before the season that he would be the guy who's been heavily relied upon in terms of his performance in Seattle to get them to a place where they're seventh in the NHL at this point, I would have told you, you were absolutely nuts, but That is the truth. That is the case right now in Seattle. They're on a five-game winning streak, eight and two in their last 10. They've got a guy in Matty Beniers who's leading the Calder race, and he should be 18 points in 21 games so far this season, going off uh, against the LA Kings team here in LA tonight, who's basically kind of coming back to earth a little bit based on where they were to start the season. They look pretty good early on. They're five and five in their last 10, but they are... Third in the Pacific, just behind the Seattle Kraken in that division. Matt, are you as hyped up about the Seattle Kraken as uh, as their standings maybe imply they could be at this point?
1: Well, I forget. There was an old wrestler, I think. Right, everybody has a price. Was his sort of uh, somebody can help me out there in the Ted, wrestling? Ted Dibiase,
2: millionaire. Ted Dibiase, million Ted
1: Dibiase. Money. there you go. Everybody's got a price, right? So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I kind of gave out the Kraken as like a Stanley Cup futures bet. Not because they're going to win the Stanley Cup by any stretch of the imagination, but because they were 100 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. And it was like, well, if they're going to keep playing the way that they have, and from a metric standpoint, they certainly had looked pretty good to start the season, then they can make the playoffs, especially in a West that's kind of a little bit weird right now. As we've talked about, you know, kind of Calgary and Edmonton having some flaws and some of these other teams as well. So... if if we're talking about the Kraken as a hundred to one Stanley Cup bet or or 80 to one or 75 to one, something like that, then yes, that makes a ton of sense. But what's happened here is that all these wins, of course they've ripped off what five straight wins here. What's happened is now that the value has kind of gone away here, right? The Kraken are getting appropriately priced in the betting market as a team that I have, you know, relatively significantly above average. The Kings on the other hand are just kind of, churning out the, you know, not the occasional win, but kind of win one, lose one, win one, lose one type of thing. But I don't know that the Kings are necessarily worse than the Kraken are, right? This is just kind of a circumstance where one team is kind of playing around where they should. And another team is playing or at least getting the results that are a little bit better than, you know, their actual metric state. So I'm on the Kings tonight. We were on the Kings. I was on the Kings with Moretto last week. Thankfully, Moretto's not here to clearly, um, you know, screw that, that up. (laughs) <laughs> um before it even started so we're going back to the well here with the best bet of the of the night on the uh, on the kings uh grabbed it anything under minus 120 is good enough for me here i think these are two pretty equal teams despite kind of the records and where they're sort of headed here i think there's also sort of a uh regression to the mean <coughs> element here right where i think seattle will come down a little bit and la will move up a little bit and they'll probably i don't know if that's necessarily going to happen tonight where they kind of meet in the middle if you will but yeah, anything on minus one twenty or under is a decent bet on uh, on the Kings tonight.
0: All right, so there is a minus one twenty there. We'll grab that uh, if you shop around and use the Bet Stamp app, you might be able to find some some rogue minus one fifteens. I'm seeing on the board there, so make sure to shop around. Todd, it's time. Let's hear it. We've got a whole bunch of player props for tonight here. Uh, Anything you've got that's standing out, jumping off the page to you, uh, we will lock those in.
3: Okay, yeah, I got, I got a few. I got, a, I have like eight plays, but I'll pick a few of my favorites here. Um, so I'm on Timo. You Meyer. can give them all if you want. Fire away, Todd. <laughs> I'm on uh, Timo Meyer over four and a half shots. I got minus one eighteen. Um, he's one of the league leaders in shot attempts and shots this year. Um, the Canadians give up a lot of shots at five or five and on the penalty kill. Uh, Myers, the primary shooter on the power play, um, the Canadians are bottom three in the league at suppressing shots to wingers. This is just a really, really good matchup for him. Um, I'm on Noah Dobson over two and a half at minus one thirty. He's hit the over in eight of the last ten games. Uh, the Flyers are a below average shot suppression team, especially to defensemen. Um, so I like Dobson here. I'm on uh, Sebastian Aho over two and a half minus one fifteen against the Penguins. Uh, The Penguins are bottom five at suppressing shots to opposing centers this year. Aho has hit, I believe, six of the last eight games. Um, He's heating up. Uh, It's a good spot for him. Uh, I'm on David Passenach, over four and a half at minus 104. Um, Like Meyer, he's pretty consistent, one of the best volume shooters in the league. Um, The Lightning are in a road back-to-back. They take a lot of penalties, which is important because it gives Pashtunak lots of time to be the primary shooter on the power play. Um, And then I'll give you one of my favorite parlays as well. Uh, I like John Carlson (laughs) and Eric Carlson, both over two and a half. Um, John Carlson has been shooting like eight times a game since he came back in the lineup. Um, And the Canucks, they've been playing better defensively, but they still give up plenty of shots generally. And then, as I mentioned, Montreal gives up a ton of shots, and Carlson is top five in the league in shot attempts over the last ten games. Uh, so it's a good matchup for him as well.
1: There's also got to be a Danish guy named Carlson that's playing in the World Cup that we can throw a par- <laughs> add to the parlay there for a, a trio of Carlson. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, well, if Alex is on the show, he would know, but maybe, maybe, he'll, <laughs> yeah. maybe he'll call in.
0: Yeah, we have to get Moretto for his uh, soccer soccer pick there. I, I don't. know I never followed up to see if his soccer bet won last week. If, if I think he picked Poland, was that? Oh, his...
1: we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, we that went horribly that. wrong. So oh,
3: yeah, okay. I bet on okay. Lewandowski to score too, and he got a penalty and got stopped. It was yeah, this delete time. this part from the podcast. Never <laughs> okay.
0: Happened. Sorry guys, sorry. Didn't mean to bring up. Uh, too soon. Some... Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. If you guys uh, were interested in our picks here today, you guys can go over to the BetStamp app, find us in the marketplace at Edgework. You'll see all of the picks that are given out, including Todd's, uh, as for right now, double Carlson parlay, maybe third leg if Moretta wants to chime in on a soccer prop parlay. But you guys can see all of those tracked in real time on the BetStamp app. Make sure to go to our YouTube page, at edgework, where you can find us there. Subscribe to the channel and turn on notifications so you get notified when we go live every Monday through Friday at 10:30 a.m. Eastern time. And you can follow us on Twitter at Edgework Show. Matt So Money Todd, thank you guys for joining today. Appreciate the insight. As always, good luck on your bets tonight. And I will see you all next Tuesday.